Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. You know, as Catholics, and really uh, other Christians as well, uh, we have this idea of vocation. And it's different than occupation. It's different than career. Vocation presupposes that somebody is calling us. It's from the Latin vocare, to call. Somebody is calling us. And, of course, we know we've got the principal vocation, which is to Christ calling us to union with him uh, through faith and baptism. And then, of course, uh, the universal call to holiness. There's also the call to religious life or married life or ministerial priesthood or, in some cases, even um, singleness uh, for the Lord, as some people put it. And then there's a sense of vocation or calling when it comes to discerning our spiritual gifts and how we build up the body of Christ, or in some cases, a particular call into the field of you know, an occupation. With me right now, to help us understand more deeply this idea of vocation, which I think we ought to be very comfortable with because it distinguishes our Catholic view of the world from the uh, non-Christian view of the world, uh, with us is Father George Eliot. He's the author of Discernment, Do's and Don'ts, A Practical Guide to Vocational Discernment. He's a priest of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, where he serves as pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church. He's also co-founder and director of Catholic Cast Media. And Father, great to have you with me. Thanks. Thanks, Al. It's great to be on the show. Let's talk about uh, this question of vocation. When When people come to you and they begin to ask questions about vocation, are they principally talking about uh, religious life or ministerial priesthood, or are they talking about marriage? What do, they, what do they bring up? What's the most common question? Yeah, most people, whenever they come up and they talk to a priest, they're they're really discerning uh, religious life or priesthood. Yeah. However, I think St. John Paul II did a great job of really opening up the idea of vocation being for, for everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody has a vocation, whether it's married life or one of the celibate vocations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, with with this idea of vocation, what let's take let's take vocation to a religious life or ministerial priesthood. What is the first bit of advice that you have to somebody who says, "Do I have a vocation? How do I seek a vocation? How do I listen? How do I discern?" My first piece of advice always is just to really focus on holiness mm-hmm. you know like you like you mentioned the fundamental call the, the universal call is our call to holiness yep. and each vocation the the kind of individual the vocation that we're called to is that path that god created us to take to reach holiness and so you know if we're not pursuing that end goal then we're going to have a hard time figuring out exactly which path is for us because we aren't really looking for any path yeah. that's taking us to holiness yeah yeah yeah, so uh, when we talk about holiness uh, in the Catholic tradition, what are we talking about? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, in the Catholic tradition, obviously, holiness is the, the thing that makes us like God primarily through charity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that, that pursuit of a genuine prayer life, uh, a sacramental life, making sure that we're regularly using the sacraments, and then um, striving to live a life of charity um, and hope and faith, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- do in our calling are there particular virtues that get strengthened? In other words, uh, in the mix of virtues, the balance between the various virtues, uh, if we have prudence in uh, greater abundance than we do courage, for instance, does that tell us anything about our our vocation? 
You know, really, God needs people who have different strengths uh, in every single vocation. And so uh, just because somebody has certain personality traits or something of the sort, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're called to one vocation or another. Um, obviously, you should look at those things and um, discern through that with you know, a, wise, a wise person that you can just kind of bounce things off of. Some people would call it a spiritual director or you know, a spiritual friend or whatever mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. call it. It's not that important. The most important thing is that... Um, you know, you recognize that the God is completely free in who he calls to each vocation. And so, and he needs people with different tool sets in every single vocation. And so, um, you know, uh, it's about pursuing his will, really, uh, yeah. not trying to look at these concrete things um, about, you know, what what would I be best yeah. for? Yeah. Um, because God has a plan that can be far beyond anything we we imagined. So in in the do we ask the wrong question if we say do I have a vocation? I mean should should is that is it something that becomes um self-evident to us as we pursue holiness? You know in probably 80% of the people that I've worked with uh it really does. If someone focuses completely on holiness, making sure that they're they're growing in the virtues, they're doing our Lord's will yeah. in the little details of their life. Yep. It's it's really quite incredible how much our Lord just then, when it's time that for him or for that for that person to to move towards a particular vocation, he just kind of drops it in their lap and makes it exceedingly obvious. Um, and for those other people, <laughs> that other twenty percent, I find that um, you know if they just kind of continue on the path, they really end up in their vocation. They it's, they just continue following the path. They were on the right path in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, continue it along, and then they look back and they say, "Wow, I can't, I can't believe how much God was guiding me through all of that." However, you know, when we were in that discernment process, they were frustrated and <laughs> irritated that right. God wasn't being more clear. You know. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, our our life is often best understood reading it backwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that way, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so somebody says, I, "Father, I'm wondering what my vocation is," and you ask, "Well, yes." Uh, it, but are you going to mass regularly? I mean, right? Then you you just say right, yeah, yeah. That's one of the stories I actually have in my book. I had a really mind blowing conversation with with a friend of mine who I'd been friends with in college, and we were real involved in the campus ministry. And um, you know, we all were out of college, and I had heard through some friends that this friend of mine was not going to mass anymore. And so I went and visited him, or I visited her, and we were talking, and uh, you know. She she brought up, yeah, you know, I'm really discerning my vocation. <laughs> I just kind of looked at her and I thought, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's excellent that you're trying to discern your vocation, but let's get you, you know, <laughs> a practicing Catholic. You know, <laughs> that's the bare minimum. Um, and uh, so, you know, I had to work through all of that. Um, which, uh, obviously, that's a rare case. Most people um, aren't in that situation, but it is true that... Uh, you know, but it makes the point. Holiness first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he makes the point that you know, there's talking about vocation apart as somehow something uh, apart from the prior pursuit of holiness. It, it does. It begins to look rather silly. Um, is there what to what to what degree do natural talents or abilities factor into this idea of vocation? Yeah, um, that's a question that a lot of people ask, and um, obviously there's not a 
super concrete church teaching on this. However, my personal preference is um, is to to not look too much at the the particular talents. I mean, I can tell you from my own vocation story. Um, you know, growing up, I had I had learned um, how to develop websites, how to program computers. I was very, very good at technology, mm-hmm. uh, media, all of these different things. And I, um, I wasn't a particularly good public speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I went, I was at the Air Force Academy at the time, and that's really when, when my call became very, very clear to enter the seminary. And I thought to myself, you know, I must be crazy because what, you know, God's given me this, this talent with uh, technology. Yeah. And what am I going to do as a priest with technology? That doesn't make any sense. Um, and I'm, I'm not a particularly good public speaker. <laughs> hmm. And what happened was, I, you know, I entered the seminary, and while I was in the seminary, I had a fellow seminarian uh, invite me and challenge me to start a, a kind of, um, it was a podcast at the time, yeah. um, that then developed into what's now Catholic Cast Media. Um, and so it's a whole media yeah. organization. And, you know, my, my knowledge of technology was, was absolutely essential in what God wanted me to do through that. And it was, it was really quite surprising to me. But as, as I got into the seminary and um, worked more and more on my public speaking, I'm now to a point where I, I speak quite, quite well. I don't want to <laughs> blow it out of proportion. However, I, I really don't have a hard time uh, yeah. as a public speaker. Yeah. Most people tell me that my homilies are quite good. Yeah, no, that's, that's tremendous. So you were equipped as you went along. I mean, uh, you, you pursued the will of God, and he equipped you to do what you were called to do, it sounds like. Exactly. Um, it, is You start out at one chapter here, you talk about John, who was an over-discerner. Who, what do you mean by an over-discerner? Yeah, he was a, a guy who was past that normal discernment moment in his life. You know, most people think about uh, more or less 16 years old to, I don't know, 30 as the ordinary time that someone would be discerning a vocation. Usually by the time someone's 30 years old, they're they're in their vocation. Um, however, he had passed that point um, and uh, yeah, so he had he had more life experience than the ordinary discernment. Yeah. that was for sure. Was was he was he was he tangling himself up somehow? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he had a specific difficulty with with taking the next step. One of the major things that has to happen in discernment is that we take the next step in okay. this process. Okay. And in discernment of any vocation, there's a um, there, there is a graduality. So I think most people are most aware of it in, in discerning marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do if you're attracted to a girl? Well, you ask her on a date. Right. And what do you do if the date goes well? You ask her on another date. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're courting or dating or whatever word you want to use. Sure. That develops, and then eventually there comes a point where, um, you know, you, you're engaged. And then um, at the moment there at the altar, that's when really the vocation is, is solidified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the same way in um, any other vocation as well. With religious life, there's a graduality of there's postulancy, then novitiate, and then um, temporary vows, and then you take your final vows, and that's when it's really solidified. And the same thing with the priesthood. You know, the priesthood, uh, the seminary can take between eight and, well, really even not longer, nine and six years, kind of depending on um, 
your, your diocese, yeah. if we're speaking about diocesan priesthood, yeah. um, and there are different steps along the way. And so the problem with John is that, uh, you know, he would go and he would visit all of these things, and he would be so attracted to it, and, you know, our Lord was really speaking to him, and then he would just be afraid to take that next step. Yeah. And he did that yeah. with, you know, almost every single vocation out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's still still not, not in a particular vocation. Still spinning his wheels, huh? What's a shame. Father, thank you so much. How do people, uh, they get the book, certainly. Uh, is there, uh, how can they stay abreast of your work? Yep, they can keep up with Catholic Cast Media at catholiccastmedia.com. And then uh, they can get the book on amazon.com or 10books.com. Okay, very good. Thank you, Father. Great talking with you. All right, thank you, Al. Catholiccastmedia.com. Father George Elliott, the book is sweet, it's short, and it's very well written. Discernment, do's and don'ts.